Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Nate Bucati, joined as always by the one and only Carter Augustine. I'm pointing this way because that's how it looks on my screen. I don't know how, how it looks <laughs> Looks at like your you're house. pointing at me. So that's He's probably <laughs> over there. Somewhere around here is Carter in front of the scarves. What's up, Carter? How are you, man? Uh, um, you know, weird weekends with everything going on. No, no game, but doing all right. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. And then for me, Allie's here. I don't know. She's somewhere. Allie Trost is there. How are you doing, Allie? I'm doing well. How are you, Nate? Doing just fine. And, uh, and we'll start with what Carter just mentioned about uh, no game this past weekend. But I do want to lay out the menu for you. We're going to do a long-form interview with Peter Vermees. And whenever Peter comes on the show, we like to talk more big-picture stuff. You know, he does his news conferences every week where he talks about the last game, the upcoming game, who's injured, who's not. We're going to get into more big picture things about the, the, the direction of the club, the direction of American soccer, the young players in the sport these days, how they're managing COVID, all those things. And I think you're going to really, as you guys know, if you listen to Peter Vermees talk, these are the kind of conversations that you'll, you'll take five or six things away from and say, okay, that was really interesting. I'm going to write that down. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Peter Vermees is coming up. That's going to be the bulk of our show today. But as Carter said, we don't have a game to recap for you this week because we started getting word. I think it was for me, uh, Carter, on Saturday, I texted you guys and started getting word from Colorado that uh, there's, there's a, a rumblings of a few positive tests with the Rapids. Somebody posted on social media something about it as well, but I started getting a text from somebody in Colorado, and then, I mean, word traveled fast within an hour. Game canceled, going to be rescheduled, or, or postponed, I should say, going to be rescheduled for some other time. What we found out at the time was that one player and three of the members of the coaching staff had um, tested positive for the coronavirus. In the wake of that, um, the, the club, Colorado Rapids themselves, confirmed additional uh, COVID tests. I'm going to read this here. Uh, today's announcement um, follows the postponement of the September 27th match between Colorado and Sporting Kansas City to allow for additional testing due to confirmed COVID uh, cases. After receiving the club's initial COVID-19 test results on September 24th, the team uh, closed its training facilities and um, seven more members of the club's staff received confirmed positive tests for COVID-19. So you get one or two positive tests, the next thing you know, a handful of people test positive. We could go back to the fact that Sporting Kansas City have had a couple of positive tests through the course of the season. Fortunately, at least to this point, looks like those got isolated and contained away from the team before it became more of a team-wide situation. But it is a reminder, guys, by the way, that uh, eternal vigilance right now. You, you have to be on top of this at all times because this could happen to any club. And uh, Carter, it's just another indication of you can't plan on anything in 2020 and you can't take anything for granted. We think we're going to have a game on Sunday. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. 100%. I think there's three things that stand out for me. One, I've actually been talking to the players all season, uh, just, you know, where they're at in the standings. And the theme has been we want to be up there in points per game just because we don't know what's going to happen. And so um, the, I think the plan will be to, to reschedule this game. But for Colorado, if that if this snowballs and they can't play this weekend and then, you know, what happens to, the, to their tests for the next week, you know, this could have big repercussions for them. So um, I, I'll be curious to see, you know, in the MLS rules uh, for this year, I think it's the, the, the language is up to 23 games will be played, a maximum of 23 games will be played. So um, yeah, I, I, that we've, we've seen kind of the first real big wrinkle in, in that, that sense. Um, the other thing that stands out to me is, you know, what are they going to do? Gotti Kinda and Kellen Acosta were suspended for this game. So how does that, how, how does that work moving forward? I'm really curious to see what they do with that in terms of the rules and regulations. And then Ali, Nate referenced it, MLS COVID Cup, the Twitter, the, the famous Twitter account uh, came, came back to, to drop these rumors and the, the accounts, the account's gone now. Did Garber get to them or, or what? I'm, I'm curious what happened. Oh, we got a scandal on our hands, guys. I don't know, but uh, that's pretty interesting. I'm curious who was behind them. I wonder if it was one of those, like they had a mole within MLS 
that was, you know, getting all this information on the staff wide emails and it was like clearly printed, do not share this information and just send it out in a tweet. No, I, I think I think a lot of people think it's a player, it's a disgruntled player out there, you know. But no, I mean we might not ever know. I'm kidding, it's not me. I, I did not know that information, so there's no way I could have <laughs> but uh, you know, it is interesting, and Nate, I think you bring up a great point. The, you know, you can't get lax about everything going on, and, and you know, just because you make it X amount of games, you have this great streak of no positive tests. It's still very much a present threat to individual clubs all across Major League Soccer, and I think, if anything, a big credit to Kansas City. They did have a positive test a couple of weeks back and were able to avoid any sort of outbreak within their, you know, whether it was their roster within, you know, the essential staff and, and personnel who are in and around everyone on, you know, a daily basis. So I, I think, you know, to Kansas City's credit, that just goes to show how good of a job they did. And, and that's not to say that Colorado hadn't been doing a good job. I think that the nature of this virus is, is very, you know, kind of inconsistent. It's, you know, you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen once it strikes, but uh, it is it is crazy, but a uh, sad day losing the uh, MLS COVID Cup Twitter account. That was it was a nice little entertaining 2020 <laughs> thing that was happening this year. Or, or, or if Carter's just going to miss the rants that I would text him about the, the, the Twitter handle, but that's for a different story. <laughs> but yes, uh, pour one out for, for that Twitter account. We'll see if, if, uh, if another one rises in its place. But guys, the, the thing we had this weekend – since we didn't get to watch Sporting Kansas City play, is sit back and watch everybody else. And, you know, Peter Vermees has been telling us, hey, we're not happy with the way we're playing right now. But by the way, look across the league and see who is, because it's a very select few. And I don't know if any scoreline typifies that more for me than San Jose beating LAFC 2-1 to one over the weekend. San Jose have looked like the biggest disaster that I ever, and I mean ever, remember seeing. You see teams get blown out in, in games. In them. We've seen Sporting Kansas City get blown out in a game here or there. It was happening every single game. And it just looked like LAFC was starting to kind of get things back together, I thought. And then they lose to San Jose. And, and, and it, I guess to tie it back in, guys, Sporting Kansas City doesn't even play this weekend. They've won two games since coming out of the bubble, yet you look at it, and they're still in third place. It's just I, I don't know how to make sense of it, Carter. I don't know what your takeaway is, if anything stood out to you over the weekend in terms of these, uh, these results. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's it, as disappointed maybe as Sporting has been in the points they've dropped everyone's dropping points it seems like I think you look at the west and really Seattle's the only one that really has has gotten a chance to stand out um, their goal difference I think is far and above anyone um, but everyone else and, and they're only you know four points ahead of sporting um, so I, you know it's no one can no one can break away right now especially in the western conference Sally it's so so tight I was just going to say Carter especially when you look at the opponents that Sporting Kansas City's played specifically and within the Western Conference too. I mean, just so many results all over the board. I mean, Houston had been dominant during the time that Sporting played them kind of back-to-back -back early on in the month of September and I believe late August as well. But now they've been pretty inconsistent in their last four. Not, I, I don't think they have a win in their last four or five games. So you can't really look at any of these score lines and, and let it indicate how a, a certain match might go or, you know, a team's recent form doesn't really say much about uh, how, they'll, how they'll perform come, you know, their next game or in, in a week or so. And a lot of that, uh, as Peter Vermees has talked about, you know, at length this season and as he'll kind of bring up later on in our, in our interview is that injuries – lack of or too much roster rotation so many things are are in play here and there's really no right way to do it I, everyone in the covid era talks about you know not having a blueprint whether that's in sports or whatever company you work for everyone's kind of figuring things out as they go and i think coaches and athletes have a unique challenge right now of figuring out one as an athlete how do you adjust and stay consistent and successful when your entire routine has been for the most part thrown off and as a team and in a coaching staff, how do you help coach consistency, which I think is what everyone is kind of gunning for right now, because that's really all you can can go for during a time where you just don't know what's going to happen or how your week can change within 10 minutes. 
Yeah, for, for me, I think that it, it looks like a lot of teams are looking at, hey, even more than normal years, if we can get into the playoffs and kind of like be ramping up right at the right time, like this year, it seems if you get in, anything can happen. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, especially when you consider that home field advantage isn't going to be what, it, what it's been uh, in most years. So I think that's totally right. Well, for Sporting Kansas City, it means that uh, the rest of the year, if the games happen as scheduled, it's going to be a Wednesday game every single week until the season's over, which for those of us that don't have to go out there and run around on the field for 90 minutes, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I mean, I'm going to be excited about having games all the time. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much that uh, is wear and tear on the players. The bench is obviously going to be taxed. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. We're going to break right now, though, because we want to have enough time to really get into some things like this with Peter Vermees. That's right on the other side. We're off and running on the Sporting Kansas City show. And we continue with the Sporting Kansas City show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you joining us as always. And we're joined now by the head man, the uh, technical director, sporting director, and uh, head coach of Sporting Kansas City, Peter Vermees, who is, uh, what, it's one Zoom call after another these days, right, Peter? It's just, how much of your life do you spend staring at this computer screen this year compared to uh, years past yeah there's there's absolutely no comparison this is uh this is a this is a much different time than i've ever experienced and i gotta tell you i can't wait till it's over i i really can't it's been it's been challenging in so many ways and when you're look i i, I don't like to be cooped up uh i like to be out and about and it's not an easy time to uh to navigate but i think we're all trying to do our best and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. 100%. And my kids feel the same way. They're tired of staring at a computer screen instead of actually being in class and doing things with their friends and all that. It's uh, across the board. Um, and that actually leads me to where I wanted to start with you on, on the show today is just a, is a kind of big picture about this because there's a lot of ways to go with this. But one of the things I've thought about with you is, you know, you, you are a planner. You are a person I, I've seen, I've been in your office. I've seen you've got everything planned out day by day, hour by hour. You like to be prepared for everything that's, that's coming down the pike. And there are other people in the world that kind of float like jellyfish and they kind of go with the wind. Um, I would have to think that this is even tougher for a planner, what's going on in today's world, because every time you plan something, you, you put it in the shredder and, and throw it out the window, just like this last game you, you were supposed to have this weekend. How, how is, am I right about that? Is this more challenging you think for a person that, that, that is wired the way that you are? Yeah, you're spot on. And I, and I think it's hard for athletes as well. Cause I think athletes being goal oriented, right. Again. And then you have, there's a plan, like a routine, a, 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 a bunch of habits that you do every day. And now they get interrupted consistently. I mean, that actually that's the one consistent thing that is happening now is that everything is inconsistent. Right. So you, you just have to plan for, um, you know, all the changes. And for me, yeah, it, extremely difficult, but it's probably made me a lot better uh, in a lot of respects. I think I um, I've had to get out of my comfort zones in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm not going to say that when this is all over that I'm going to be OK with everything going back to just being willy nilly. No chance. I mean, I I will want to have my organization and when things uh, planned out and all that stuff, but we've had to adapt and adjust. Um, we've had to do it with the players on the team, the uh, injuries and all those different things. And, and I think what's interesting is that when you look at all the teams across MLS, it, everybody's dealing with that and you can see it in results. Mm -hmm. um, they're just up and down and all around. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why you see that inconsistency in results as well in the league. Uh, it's definitely a different time. It's a, it's a different situation you're dealing with regularly. If you just take this past weekend, you know, I was dealing with that right before training and right before I went out to training is when I found out, I'm, I'm telling you like nine 58, I found out that, uh, the game was going to be postponed. Now I've been talking about it earlier, but I, I was just sitting there thinking like, do we really want this thing postponed? But, um, and then I was thinking, 
and they were, we were talking about possibly playing the game tomorrow, Wednesday. And I said, that would be terrible because if they have that many people affected, uh, infected, it, they could be shedding like the sweet spot could be like Wednesday, Thursday. And so we would just, I was like, no, we can't do this game. It, it's best for us to be out of the woods and, and not deal with it. So, uh, yeah, it's been a difficult time um, in a lot of respects. And I think also for the players as well. Coach, outside, though, of this most recent game being canceled against Colorado, you do at least now know the rest of your regular season schedule, should there not be any other postponements, of course. But how has that helped you find any sense of normalcy again, just being able to look ahead and see, okay, these are the next 10, 12, 13 games we have to look forward to? Yeah, it, it, it's great when you when you can see kind of the road ahead, right? I mean, it helps you a lot. It also helps you, again, just from a planning point of view, you know, how, what's our training going to be like leading into that? Where's our day off uh, or days off? Uh, how are we going to then prepare the team with the limited number of days we have in between? And then, and then you got to start thinking about, okay, do I, do I sacrifice training and just do a little more video? There's, you can, at least you have some time to build in for that. And also helps us from a scouting perspective to know these are the teams that we're looking at down the road. And we can already start putting some type of, preliminary plan together for those those teams but you know again what also happens to you is that from week to week it, because of this the, the schedule so congested that even teams now I don't know if you noticed but there are teams that weren't rotating their roster and have suffered a lot of injuries and then there are some teams that have had some injuries but they've been rotating their roster and they're getting those players back and they're they're probably stronger for that so there's all these different situations with teams that really haven't played themselves out all the way through a season or this season. And yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where teams are physically at, at, at the end here. Yeah. I mean, it, it is hard to know, but I'm curious, what have some of your conversations been like with other coaches in the league? What from your playing days, you, you've made these great relationships and do you ever just call each other and be like, Oh my gosh, like what are you guys doing in this situation? Cause this is like, I, you know, you just kind of feel like you're just like between a rock and a hard place. Well, we, we have a, you know, I have a really good relationship and we as a staff have a really good relationship with the guys at Minnesota. And so we always get together after each game, we play each other, win, lose or draw, it doesn't matter. And so, you know, each one of these games we've gotten together, we've played each other and we laugh because we're thinking when this new schedule is going to come out, the final schedule, we're like, so what are we going to play each other four more times, right? We're kind of <laughs> laughing about it. And, and we're also talking about like just the, you know, one, you know, one week you, uh, you, you've played, you know, whatever, three games. And then the next week you have you know, so much time between and how the preparation is, the travel in like one, the same day and the travel out the same day, something not, none of us experienced before. So we've, we've shared some, some of those kind of tips. Hey, this worked for us. Why don't you do this? Why don't you try that? Um, it, it's been good. It, it, that part's been good, but it's, it's also it also can be really difficult because that flying in and flying out, you, you got to think of it this way, right? You fly in, you go to a hotel. The second you leave that hotel, you're getting ready for the game. As soon as the game's over, you got to get changed, showered, eat something, back on the plane to get home. And so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things that you normally don't think about when you're uh, going for a game in a regular normal environment. And so I think this has also been a really good learning process for us for the future. Cause I do think that in some scenarios in the future, we'll be able to do a lot of games regionally like we're doing now. It'll be interesting to see how we do games in the future um, that are further away. Like if we were going to LA or, you know, Seattle or something like that, how that's going to look in the future as well. I, I, we're gaining some good knowledge, some good experience, I think, as well. That's interesting. I was going to ask if maybe that that travel aspect might carry on into the future. Um, so that's really interesting to me. Kind of on the same vein, we haven't talked to you since the bubble. Um, or is there anything you guys learned from the bubble that you'll take forward? And and I heard some you know some rumors about maybe this being a, a preseason setup in the future. Is that something you'd like to see, or or or, uh, or is something that maybe the league's talking about? I know that's been bantered around. I don't know where that started. Nobody's ever said that to me from the league. I personally would say I'd hope not because I, I think when you are preparing in preseason, 
you are also trying to bond your team together and you're trying to do that without influence of other teams around. And so I, I don't want to be around the other teams in preseason, only when we want to play scrimmage games. And we all do a pretty good job of that now. Um, so I would, I would prefer not to be in that position. Uh, what I'd say, I think the biggest thing is, is that for the majority, the guys have actually been really good about how they have conducted themselves in market. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's unrealistic. And I said this from the beginning, I think it's unrealistic to think that guys aren't going to go to a restaurant, right? Like, of course you could, you, 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 at some point you can't, you can't just stay home every single day, right? You're going to go out somewhere, but you can also be um, a little bit more meticulous about where you go, right? And what they do there, how, maybe you sit outside and now the weather's getting cooler, you know, is, is, is there real social distancing in, in a restaurant? Um, but you know, you don't go to a bar, you can't go to a bar. You just can't do stuff like that. And there's things that you can, and you really can't do. And so uh, I think our guys have actually been pretty good at that. And I also think that, um, you know, I, I got to commend them because it's not easy just, you know, being basically cooped up. You, you basically leave your house, you go to the training facility and you go home and maybe you go to the grocery store. That's not an easy life to just live all, every single day. And I think the guys have done a really good job of it. Then going back to you saying some teams didn't rotate and they're having some injuries. Some teams, you know, maybe rotated. Some teams were forced to rotate. And, um, with 10 games left now, you know, over halfway of this season, I guess, where do you see your team at right now in regards to, you know, how guys are doing physically and, and how they're going to do down the stretch? I actually think that we've been pretty good all season long with injuries, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, we had a couple guys that were out here, but we've also, we've kind of extended their stay at home, if you will, um, maybe a little longer than we normally might. And we only did that because we want to make sure when they come back that they're kind of good for the rest of the year. Um, can't guarantee that, but, you know, given a little more time off helps with that. Um, the, the other piece too is, is that I think that we've gotten really good experience for a lot of guys in the team that maybe wouldn't have gotten that time, um, if those guys weren't out. Uh, but I still think that we start, you know, we, we already started, uh, rotating the roster when we were, you know, completely healthy, just knowing full well, that was an important aspect of us moving forward and keeping guys fresh. And, and I think, I think all that's going to help us in, in the long run. Um, it's good to see that the majority of our guys are, are, are basically back now. Um, we really only have, you know, outside of Gutierrez, you only have really uh, Martins and Beasler. Um, and they're not long-term injuries, they're, they're short-term. Um, so, you know, I feel pretty good about where we are from a physical perspective. Um, now we just gotta, we gotta indoctrinate those guys back into the team and get them kind of game fit, if you will. So Peter, once again, we're visiting with Peter Burmese. You referenced the, the the opportunity to get some younger guys playing time, and I know you've you've had the opportunity to answer a lot of questions about some of the young guys you've played this year. That's certainly one of the storylines of the season. And I want to ask you this, and I promise this is not a rhetorical question. I'm genuinely curious to to how you view this. Um, in such a weird year, we, we've laid out how weird and bizarre this whole season is. Does it make it – because I guess the, the background of this question is you hear a lot of people clamoring for other people to play their kids, right? Play your kids, play your kids. But those people don't have to live with the consequences of playing their kids. They don't have to watch the growing pains and have all the fans mad at them because they lost a game or whatever. So it's easy to me for someone else to say, play your kids, play your kids. Is it any easier to play your kids in a weird year like this where it's already all kind of messed up is it any easier to say, let's give this kid a run out or is it just the same for you? I mean, are you handling it the exact same way you would if it was just a normal, you know, normal regular season? Yeah. So the way I'd answer it is, 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 is probably simply like this. And that is the, 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 the overall answer is yes. It's like, like any other season I would, right. Where the difference comes into play is, is that, it's not like we're playing a 34 game schedule, which we had before where you were basically every Saturday to Saturday, you're playing a game and, and that, you know, that's what you hope for. Right. 
-hmm. then at some point, some open cup games would have been thrown in the mix of that, which would have been midweek games. But you would have kind of probably played a good amount of games leading up to that, so which you would have already got all your guys 90 minutes fit and all that stuff would happen. In this current environment, you don't have that luxury, right? Because you're playing basically every Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, basically from, you know, here on until the end of the year. And now with the cancellation of the, 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 the Colorado game, we're probably going to move that to the 21st or one of these days in there that we have already off. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to be going, you know, that much of a congested schedule, which is then, which then factors things differently. And so what happens is you start to look at the rotation of your roster. I don't say it makes it easier. What it does is that you really have to plan because it makes, it, it doesn't do a player any good when he's put into a situation where he, he, he doesn't have a chance for success. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is not to just throw a guy in there just to throw, All right, let's just, let's just, like you said, let's just run him out there for the game today and let him go see what happens. I, I don't think that's ever good. You're trying to put a player into a position where they can find a good experience right now, what they do with the experience, if they play well, or they play poorly, that's on them. But it's not like you're throwing them to the wolves and say, hey, you know, try and survive, kid. You know, that's, that's, not what, that's not what you want to do. And that's not what I try to do or we try to do. What we try to do is we try to find a way to put them into a situation where they can help us. Now, I can tell you there's been a couple games this year where we were forced to do a couple things. And some of those guys have done really, really well. And some of those guys struggled. But so have some of our veteran players, too. So mm-hmm. – you know, you, you can't, you, you, you can't look at it and say, oh, well, the veteran guy just made a mistake. But when the young kid says, oh, well, he's a young kid. That's why he made the mistake. It's not always that way. Right. right? I mean, you, and, and that's why I think these experiences are really good because these guys have had to take on real situations, right? It's not, we always talk about that ceremonial, you know, you're running three nil and it's the last five minutes of the game. You, you throw the guy in that, that. Yeah. Of course, those are minutes. But what about when you throw them in and it's 0-0 zero, zero and start the game and the kid's got to find a way how to not only survive the game but help you get a result? That's a big difference. So the follow-up I have to that is I've also seen and heard some of those people that have clamored for playing your kids saying, well, this kid's getting an opportunity and five years ago in the league, he, he never would have gotten that chance. Or some of the young kids that are not just playing on the biggest clubs in Europe but Christian Pulisic's wearing the number 10 if, if he's healthy for, for one of the biggest clubs in Europe. And Weston McKinney's starting in a, in a vital role. Um, I'm feeling like, yeah, five years ago, they wouldn't have gotten that chance because they weren't ready five years ago. But yeah, you guys and, have invested in this academy system and everything. Is this, are we finally seeing all of the fruit of the labor you guys have done for the past however many years in the academy system? Yeah, you're, you're hitting it right on the head. I mean, five years ago, we didn't have, we didn't have Busio. We, we didn't, we didn't have Jalen Lindsay five years ago. We just didn't, they, they, they weren't old enough. They weren't ready to do this. So it, it, it takes time. I mean, so I forget what was boost when he first made his first appearance. Was he 15, 16? I think he was 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he made his first appearance when he was 15, you know, Zeus, I think made his first appearance for us when he was 22. I mean, there's a big difference there, right? Let's say he's 21. Okay, maybe he's 21. It, it's a huge difference. And, and what I mean by that is that the experience that Zeus got is the same experience that Boos got. And look at the age difference. So where he's going to be when he's 21, 22, I think will be a far cry uh, different. Um, there's another thing, too, is I think what we don't take into account is if you're going to have a system where you are going to start to grow – young players into your pro player pathway. And I don't mean just academy to sign a contract, but academy, whether it's second team, first team, you know, in the 18, playing, you know, getting minutes, starting. If you're going to do that, there's a process there that a foundation that has to be established to then support that. And and I don't necessarily know if anybody has that perfect foundation yet set up because you have to take into consideration that you need healthy bodies because the best way to do it right is to have your team your kind of your starting team and then slowly start to give those guys maybe you put one or two of them in the lineup because the other 
nine or 10 can support those one or two players and give them the experience that they're looking to get. And that's how they grow. I don't know if anybody has that completely filled out yet in, in, in our league. And then the, the final piece is, you know, when the people are clamoring out there, they, their expectation, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have high expectations because they should, but they're comparing us to leagues that are over 100 years old. I mean, they've had decades of, of being able to establish foundational principles in their clubs. I mean, they have, they have, they have academies that are older than our professional clubs. I mean, that, that's, that's a, you know, that's a big, it's a big difference. They've had decades to, 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 you know, sharpen their skills in these areas. We're just really starting to get our feet wet in that environment. And I actually think that we're doing a really good job. Peter, I was just going to say, it seems like there has been a, a huge push forward in that regard. And when you do look at, you know, the global transfer market, you, you've talked about MLS 3.0 and how investing in talent is crucial for the growth of the league. And another part of that is, is being able to sell talent and be able to, you know, grow your, your individual club and the league as a whole in that way as well. So when you look at, you know, players who have, like the, U, the young U.S. stars, like Nate's talked about, some of those guys, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, others included in that, Alfonso Davies, although he's not, you know, he's a Vancouver product, but still, when you look at the success those players are finding and then being able to replicate some of that success in, in the pathway to the pros and these academy systems, do you see this being part of MLS 3.0 or do you see this a 4.0 or 5.0 project to, to really get the, the true, I guess, impact in the investment out of it? No, I, I think that when you, when you look at the pro player pathway that have, pathways that have been set up by all the different clubs in the league, that there is this, you know, I, for lack of a better analogy, you know, it's, it's kind of like a sales, a salesman, right? They're constantly stuffing the pipe, right? They're stuffing the pipe, they're stuffing the pipe, they're out making calls, they're meeting with people and they're, and they're, you know, they're, trying to sell their product and they're not getting a lot of bites, but the more people you hit, right. And the more, again, on our side, you stuff the pipe stuff. Eventually stuff starts coming out on the back end. You don't see it early, but you start to see it. And I think what you're starting to see is, is that the investments that have been made are starting to come to fruition only because I I've said this many a times. I'm not going to, I'm not speaking. I'm saying this on generally speaking. I know there's probably some clubs that have, done this for a longer period of time and, 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 and have had more concentration towards it. But generally speaking, in our league, the biggest investments in, in the academy, the pro player pathway have probably been in the last like five to seven years. And, you know, it's not all of a sudden you're just going to start, you know, it's like this machine in the back and you turn on the machine and a bunch of players just spark spitting out, you know, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's this, it's this process. And the process also is for the club to uh, understand that there's, um, a way to indoctrinate a player, but it's always going to be on a case by case basis. You know, I always tell the story about Boost. When we signed Boost, we had a we were taking him to our first uh, preseason training, and we had already established a a plan for him for that year. And by the time preseason was over with, I had to tear up the plan because he overachieved it already. Like he was beyond it, and so we had to go back and write a new plan. And that's great. I mean, that's what you want to have happen, right? You don't want to you don't want to put the plan in a in a in a safe keeping place because he can't achieve it and you got to now water it down. We had to tear it up because he already surpassed it. And so that's what you're constantly learning with your players and I don't think that'll ever be over with. It, it's not as if, you know, we're going to all of a sudden one day come out and say, "Oh, here here's the book on how to develop a player because each guy's different. You know, each each one of them is different and how they how they absorb information. Sometimes there's a, um, uh, it's like a slow, it, it's like a slow burn, right? You have this kid that you think, is this kid ever gonna, you know, realize his potential? And you're ready to, you're ready to cut him off. And next thing you know, boom, he takes off. A lot of people don't know this. Chance Myers, all the years that he was here. So in the, when I first took over, um, I couldn't understand. I was like, why is this guy, why is he struggling with um, like after 20 minutes, the guy was dead and he was dead in trainings. 
in, in practices and in, in little scrimmage games we play. And so we were getting ready to trade them, get rid of them, write them off. And I remember I said, we need to send them over to, to our doctors and just have them check them out because there's something that's got to be physically not right with them. So they did. And he had, he had, uh, he was, he was only getting like 40% uh, oxygen through his one side of his nose and that he had a little bit of like uh, exercise induced asthma. They treated him for three weeks. Next thing you know, the guy's playing here for I don't know how many years straight and he's an absolute animal on the right side. He can run box to box all day long. And people wonder like, how can this guy run that much? And so, you know, there's, there's got to be a level of patience with development as well. So I, I think you're starting to see it because of the investments that have been made. But I also think that what you're seeing is, is that you're, you're going to start seeing the, the Reynas, the McKinney's, uh, you know, the Pulisic. They're going to be here in this league playing here and then eventually maybe moving on or, or staying in the league. But that's what we're all striving to build. So then what does that mean for college and the draft and feeding the league through going and playing on scholarship in college? Yeah, uh, I, I, I still think, and I've, I've always said this and I will always maintain this. There's no true one pathway to get somewhere. I don't care if it's being a professional soccer player, being the director of, a, of marketing for Sprint, there's a different path for everyone. And you, you, you have to find your way. There's a kid that, I don't know, maybe his club's not offering him a, a, a homegrown contract, goes to college. And he plays there two years and all of a sudden he comes out and then somebody wants to sign him as a GA. Maybe he plays four years and goes to USL and he plays with a USL team for two years and people are like, man, this guy's really good. I'm gonna take him on my MLS. I mean, there's ways to get there and it's always gonna be different and it's, it's first, again, someone said this to me years and years and years ago. I, they asked me a question when I was still a player. And they said, what do you think one of the biggest uh, um, areas that we need to, to be stronger in the United States? And I said, scouting. Our scouting isn't good enough because there's a lot of players missed. And the person I was talking to said, I disagree with you. And I said, okay, why? And he said, because the players that eventually make it to the national team, they are the players that have gone through all the toughest situations and they fought through everything to get there. And that means when they get there, they're prepared to be able to withstand the pressure of what it's like to play on the national team. I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what, that's a pretty damn good answer because you, you have to be able to go through the adversity because when you get there, once you get there, it's not like, oh, oh, good. I signed my contract. Everything's done. You know, look at Messi, best player, as far as I'm concerned, best player in the world. He's got adversity right now in, in his career, probably for the first time ever, where the thing at the club is not what he's been used to. And so he doesn't want to be there, but he has to be there. And he's going to have to figure out a way how to still play at a really high level because he's a professional. He wants to be the best player in the world. And he also has a respect for the club that in a lot of respects did give him everything but he doesn't want to be there anymore. And so he has to respect the situation, but now he has to decide, does he want to come and play every day? Does he want to come and train every day? Does he want to give his best? Like, what does he want to do? You got to be able to do that as an individual. The club can't help you do that. Like your mom and dad can't help you do that, right? Your, your girlfriend or your wife or whatever, they can't help you do that. You have to figure that out. And, and so I, I think there's a lot of kids that are going to be coming through the system. And I've said this all along, we've been stuck. Every team's been stuffing the pipe for some time. And I think you're going to start to see more and more kids coming out on the back end and they're going to be American players. And we need those kids to start coming through the system because we need a much bigger pool of players than we currently have today from an American base. Well, the Academy episode two from Bleacher Report comes out this week. Um, is that a difficult decision for you when something like that is, is put on your plate to be uh, such a behind the scenes look at um, certain aspects of the club? I mean, it can be. It can be sometimes because, uh, you know, all sports are the same way, right? It's like if the Chiefs now are doing something, you know, all the other football teams are trying to watch what they're doing and trying to emulate what they do, right? And then the Chiefs are trying to be uh, confidential and private about it because they don't want anybody to see what they're doing, right? But as we all know, information gets out and it's just kind of the way it is. And it's, you know, it's uh, there was years ago, I won't say anything about it, but there was years ago, there's a team that constantly were 
you know, basically doing the same exact things that we were doing years ago. And, you know, it was easy because they would watch our games and then they would try to emulate those things that we did. And uh, I, I think that's a form of flattery. flatter, flattery. Um, I also think that there's another piece and that is that um, it's, it's, it's good for our club to uh, be recognized, I think, for some of the things that we are doing because um, we've worked hard um, to do those things. And I also think it's, it's also good from a publicity perspective for other prospective kids around the country to see that, hey, we, we put a lot of uh, emphasis um, on our pro player pathway. And it's a place that we think is the lifeblood and the, and the longevity of um, the competitiveness and the success of this club moving forward. Now, for anyone uh, out there listening, uh, I would recommend watching the Academy. Episode one's already out and episode two, like I said, drops this week. Um, switching gears a little bit, Peter, I'm curious about the international game. It's starting to come back now after a, a big hiatus. Um, what types of, I mean, there's usually uh, uh, kind of the clash between club and, and country in terms of, of players. Um, what types of challenges do you foresee with such a congested schedule here from, from the next couple of years? Well, I, I think uh, first and foremost, the, the decision that FIFA has made in regards to, you know, not having to release players for friendly matches is the right decision. Um, World Cup qualifiers, events like that, we have to, and I understand that and I respect that and we would do that anytime. Um, it's, 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 and I, and I think the reason being is because you can't put these guys in the, in the kind of jeopardy that you are because when they come back, you know, they have to go into quarantine. I mean, everything changes and it's just, it, 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 you know, doubles and triples the amount of time that they actually would have been gone in a normal situation. So from that point of view, I think there's, there's been a lot of good decisions made. I also think that I give, I give the majority of the federations a lot of credit because they've been very, very respectful of that situation and they understand that. And that's been, that's been tremendous. Um, in regards to all these competitions, you know, FIFA is going to have to be really, um, I think they're going to have to go outside themselves a little bit here because there's so, such a uh, pragmatic and traditional organization and they never want to change anything. And, and now they have, no, they, have, they have no choice. They have to change things. They have to come up with um, really adaptive ideas that are going to you know, possibly change the face of how international competitions are chain, are played. Um, and I think that, I think all of that could be really good for the sport. So uh, I'm interested in watching to see how some of these things are going to unfold going forward. Um, because I, I do think that FIFA has, is, has been stagnant for a, a long, long period of time and needs some newness and freshness to just its overall way of doing business. Um, and especially in the, in the competitions. Well, it could be another case of uh, necessity becoming the mother of invention, uh, you know, forcing people to evolve. And I, I can't imagine trying to navigate the global aspect of, of it right now with everything that's going on. Peter, we could keep going, but I know your, your time is precious. So I'm gonna, I would like to finish with this question for you because... I will have back, one more after you, Nate. All right. All right. Allie's going to get to finish after me. Um, but you mentioned that, hey, some things are changing now, but you plan on getting back to being Peter Vermees the way Peter Vermees has been once this is over for the most part. But every one of us has had something that's come up. There's, there's, I'll give you an example. All of a sudden, my buddies that live all over the country, we've been getting together about once a month on Zoom on like a Saturday night and we have a beer and we talk. And it used to be, we never all got together at the same time in the same place unless we scheduled the weekend and flew there to, to visit. I hope that continues after the pandemic's over. Is there one thing either in coaching or just in your personal life that you have taken up because of this that you actually hope continues once life is back to normal? How about can I tell you something that I hope doesn't continue? Okay. How about that? How about okay. that? <laughs> uh, I, I think that, look, that uh, there's – yeah, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even share this. I'll, let me change it. Let me change it. Let me change it. Let me, <laughs> let me change it. Uh, something that continues. Um, well, I, I, I would say this. I, I think that people have learned to be a lot more respectful 
of others and hygiene. And I do think that is a good thing. I really do. I, I, I think that's a good thing. Couldn't agree uh, more. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a really good thing. And hopefully that that piece will continue. I, I'm not I won't be fan a fan of wearing masks, every single person wearing a mask. But I would like to think that if you had a cold and you were going on a plane that you wore a mask. hundred percent. That would be a smart thing to do going in the future. Okay, Peter, my last question. All the sports are back. Basketball, football, soccer. What team are you clearing your schedule for? You put on the t-shirt, you're on the couch. Do not disturb for the next X hours. Um, do you have that team or when you're not working, who are you watching and who are you rooting for? So I never put on anybody's shirt. So that's, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> any, any team's logo. I, I didn't mean another person's yeah, shirt. I, I still We're don't do that. Sorry, now. but yeah. Um, I, I definitely will watch the Chiefs for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I've always said it before. I'm a fan of, of Andy Reid's. I, I remember when he was at the Eagles and you know, that's where I'm from across the bridge there. Um, I think that his um, consistency is is excellent his preparation is is fantastic you can see teams are always organized so uh yeah it's it's a team that for sure that i will i i will watch play um just always interests me and and then look i i'm uh uh i pull for tom brady i think that the guy is uh you know he's, he's a special he's a special athlete um and it's interesting sometimes like you see these provocative um, little questions that they'll have on uh, say ESPN or something. They'll say like, you know, um, you know, is, is Rogers, uh, you know, better than, better than Tom Brady. And, and I, and I laugh when I hear it, like, no disrespect to Rogers. It's just the guys won six Super Bowls. I mean, how do you even like think to have a question like that? Right. Uh, I think it's an easy answer of where the guy sits in, you know, the world of football. So I don't know, just like watching guys like that. Cause I, I'm always uh, impressed by people who are very successful at what they do. And he's not by chance, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's an approach that he has and everything that he does that is centered around him being the best. And that's why he's the best at the end of the day. And it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. And there's a lot to be learned from, from people like that. Tell Patrick Burns went six more. And he's going to have seven. Well, that'll be awesome. That'll be, I mean, honestly, but, but see, I think that's what's, but that's what's awesome about sports. Right. Because, you know, people will always say like, ah, oh, nobody's ever going to win seven Super Bowls. No chance. Somebody's going to do that. Somebody's going to do it. You right. can't say, you can't, in sports, you just can't say it's not going to be done. Yeah. Not, somebody's going to do it. I'm telling you. Yeah. But hey, until you do it, you got to respect Brady, like you said, because he's done it. Um, oh every, everything else is potential. Peter, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again, hopefully, really soon. Okay, guys. My pleasure. Always good talking to you. All right. That is Peter Vermees. And hygiene is one of the positivities. I agree with him 100%. If you're sick, wear a mask, even after the pandemic's over. I think we can all agree on that. We'll take a break. We'll wrap things up on the Sporting Kansas City show right after this. All right, back on the Sporting Kansas City Show to wrap things up. Another fantastic conversation with Peter Vermees, as always. Uh, really appreciate his time and, and candor uh, like we always get with him. So uh, just, I mean, can't say enough about how uh, interesting and entertaining it always is when we have Peter on the show. Now, guys, it's time to get ready for the next game for Sporting Kansas City as they will take on the Houston Dynamo this weekend. Get the particulars for you for Sporting Kansas City. It's another one of those rematch games, guys. 7 o'clock, Sporting KC at the Houston Dynamo on Saturday. And um, this Houston team, I'll start with you, Carter. To me, the biggest news is no Albert Elise. He's been sold to Boa Vista in Portugal, a club I confess I didn't know a ton about. Really, I don't think I ever knew anything about him until all of a sudden Reggie Cannon and Albert Elise get sold there. I've learned now they're actually one of the few clubs in Portugal that's ever actually won the league there. So they do have a, a proud history and are trying to get back to it. So that's going to be interesting to watch. 
But the bigger point is, without Albert Elise, that's a huge piece missing from that team. I'm going to be interested to see what they look like when Sporting take them on this time around because they've been a thorn in the side of Sporting Kansas City in 2020. They have been. They've been a thorn. I think two of their three wins this year are against Sporting. Um, and obviously that dominant five-goal performance here uh, um, a month or so ago. So they've been a thorn. You know, we pretty much highlight Albert at least every time we've played them on the TV broadcast because that's the type of player he is. And so I think they've probably been preparing for this for some time because he's made his mm -hmm. his intentions pretty clear that he wants to go to Europe. So that now it's – I think it's maybe finally Tab Ramos being able to be like, okay, you know, we're going to – we got – what we got for Elise, and now we're in the the era that we expected to be in, which is post Albert Elise. And yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see uh, to see how they move on. They've they're starting to get some contributions from young Ariel Lassiter, and so you know, will will he continue his upward trajectory? Um, yeah, I, I, it's Tab Ramos, you know, making his imprint on the team this year, and um, they they've been a tough side for for Sporting to face so far. Yeah, Carter, it, it is definitely a big loss and, and something that will be playing the Sporting's favor in this game. But, I mean, let's look at those two games alone where Sporting did fall in, in both matches to the Houston Dynamo. The spreading was or the scoring was pretty spread out. It, Albert Elise was a huge part in that, but he wasn't the only one. Mauro Minotas, uh, you bring up Lasseter, Darwin Quintero. There are so many players who have been able to find the back of the net. And, and, if, and I think the biggest thing is really not – just looking at what Houston brings on the attack, it's more. I'm more interested to see with Sporting Kansas City their defensive adjustments. We've seen so many different lineups, and I don't. I don't know about you guys in that Orlando game. It looked like they were playing outside of how they would typically play to try to kept, catch them in some offsides traps. They just seem to be a bit disjointed in moments, and I'm. I'm curious to see how they respond now after some really tough results against a team that they've struggled against now in the last two games, haven't been able to pull out a win. And, and a big part of that has just been letting in easy goals or, or what Vermees called routine kind of goals. In it. And I think that, you know, as much scoring talent as Houston has, whether Albert Elise is on the field or not, as we know, he will not be on the field, but Sporting's defense will have to hold up if they can continue scoring the way that they have. But you know, kind of finding their, their rhythm and their form when they had that, you know, no goals against or no shots on goal when they played Minnesota. That's, I think, what they should be fighting back to find. Well, and according to Peter Vermees, Matt Beasler's dealing with a little bit of a knock now. So is Luis Martins. Those are a couple of guys on the back line. Winston Reed looks to be back in fitness. Maybe he'll be ready to go. And Roger Espinosa, I think he could still bring a lot back to the table. You almost start to forget how much Roger means even helping the, de the defense when, when he's Roger. So hopefully that's going to be uh, here in the near future as well. That's it for time today. We had a busy show. Thanks to Peter Vermees for joining us. Carter Augustine, Ali Trost. This is Nate Bucati saying thanks for watching. Again, Saturday night, Sporting KC versus the Houston Dynamo. Make sure I get the details on the Academy. Episode two of the Academy, Wednesday at 1 o'clock. You can check that out on bleacherreport.com as well. And we'll see you next week on the Sporting Kansas City Show.